Welcome to Conversations with John and Lisa. My name is Alec Bevere, and we are so excited that you are joining us today. So you're probably wondering, why is Alec here? Well, I have two very fun announcements. First, Conversations with John and Lisa has been on a break because we've been working hard to release a brand new podcast called At Home with the Bevere's. Again, that's called At Home with the Bevere's. It's a podcast where we want to invite you into our home with multiple Bevere family members, including John and Lisa, to talk to you about family, raising kids, and all things to help you create a legacy starting at home. We know that John and Lisa have been teasing this podcast for a while and it's finally out. So make sure to check out this new podcast wherever you like to listen. The second announcement is we have something to celebrate. Conversations with John and Lisa, so this podcast, has now released over 200 episodes. And that is in huge parts thanks to you. So thank you so much to all of our listeners. To celebrate, we want to share with you one of our favorite conversations from the archives. This episode was released in 2019, and it's one of our most popular and most shared episodes. In this episode, John and Lisa discuss how to manage feelings of anger while sharing personal experiences from their home and practical ways to overcome rage in your life. You won't want to miss out on these incredible stories and this lesson. So without any more delay, let's jump into today's conversation with John and Lisa. Hey everyone, welcome to Conversations. I'm John Bevere and I'm joined with my wife, Lisa, and we hope you enjoyed our last podcast, which was the listener question and answers. And we we just love getting your questions because we wanna be able to speak into those things on what God has taught us over the years and years and years of life and ministry. And um, Lisa, what I love is our our reviews that come in, people that make comments. And today, uh, today's review comes from Amy Van Slam. What a cool name. Van, Van Slam. Slam. I bet she was a great volleyball player. Anyway, Amy says this, thank you for tackling the tough issues of singleness and porn. Your sensitivity, your dynamic faith, and awareness of the Holy Spirit's leading is so evident and touching. As a therapist... And life coach, I see broken hearts and lives due to both of these issues, all feeling that they suffer alone. That's really insightful, Amy, and I'm glad you brought that out. Your generosity and true vulnerability are amazing and inspiring. Praise God for you. That was very kind of Amy. Yeah, I love love that. And I love that, you know, I love that we're actually bringing conversations to the table that other people are maybe afraid to have. And you know what, John? I got exciting news. What? We've had 5 million downloads. No way. Yes. That's amazing. Yes. Okay. I think you and I even battled. I remember the intense battle we had with our team when they wanted us to start doing podcasts. We were like, no, we're not going to do that. Yes. We're too different. We we, we disagree on too much. I believe all those things (laughs) were a conversation. Yes. Yeah. And then today we're talking about something we haven't had to talk about for a long time. I'm particularly excited about today, Lisa, because um, this is a message that needs to be heard because there's a lot of it. Um, There's a lot of anger in our society today. And this is something that you wrestled with. I wrestled with. You wrote a book about it because God so profoundly set you free. And so uh, Thomas Nelson has just relaunched this book. 
And yeah. Thank you, Thomas Nelson. That yes. was pre pretty exciting. Yeah, because it's going to put fresh wind under its sails. And um, the book is very helpful. I mean, there's been some people who have been greatly helped by this message. And I'm, I'm just thinking another wave is going to go out there and a lot of people are going to be set free. I remember one time, Lisa, you know, you, you, you used to wake up and it was like the earth tremored. And uh, the animals that were near our house would like run away. And you were, okay, slamming that's, that's not you were slamming cabinets, and I remember I thought, I am not going to go through this again. And I came up behind you, grabbed you behind the waist, picked you up, carried you out to the garage, and locked you into the garage. I literally bolted the door. because I, I thought I totally remember that. Yeah, I thought, I don't want her to destroy anything in the house. And so what did you do? Okay. Let's just tell the funny story here. Yeah. Okay, so we can dive into there. That's not where I was going to go, but we will just do that. So the name of the book is Be Angry But Don't Blow It, How to Maintain Your Passion Without Losing Your Cool. And I did not know how to do that. And so <laughs> I, I, I was really productive on days when I was angry. And I do remember this day I was storming through the house. I was actually in the laundry room, and I slammed the dryer door shut. I just thought, you know what? This is just putting closure on my anger, and I turned around, and you were standing there. You picked me up underneath the waist, put me in the garage, locked the door, and told me I could not come in until I had calmed down. Right. Now, that had the very opposite effect of calming me down. Instead of calming me down, it enraged me even more. Yes. And I remember I walked out of the garage, because I, I could get out of the garage with the garage door opener, and I went to the front door, and I rang the doorbell, ding-dong, 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 ding-dong. And you said, no, I am not letting you in until you calm down. And I said, fine, I will go to the neighbors and I will tell them that you locked me out of the house. And you knew I wasn't going to do that. So I went out to the garage and I remember thinking, fine, he put me in this garage. I want to be in this garage and I am not coming in until he comes out and looks for me. But you didn't. You didn't come out and look for me. So I didn't. then, and I said, we had just moved. We were just going through boxes. And I thought, no, wait a minute. What if every time I get upset, he puts me in the garage? This could be a problem. So I thought, I need to send a clear message. I'm going to find something of John's and I am going to break it. Now, again, you guys, this is a long, long time ago. We're talking about 30 years ago. And so I started rifling through different things and we were so poor. I thought, I don't want to break something I have to replace. Then I remembered that you pretty much were the only one who did grilling in our house. And we had a Weber grill. So I picked up my a hammer and I thought, I'm going to put a dent in the lid of the Weber grill. And that time, that way, every time my husband goes to grill, he will think, I'm not going to mess with that woman. She is strong. And I remember I was drawing my hand back and I was just getting ready to hit the grill when I heard the Holy Spirit say, this is not the witches in Orlando praying against you. This is not a demon. This is not your parents. This is not your Sicilian. If you hit that grill, it's going to be you hitting it. And I thought, I bind condemnation in the name of Jesus. And I hit the grill, hit the grill, put a big dent in it, <clears throat> excuse in my me, brand new knocked on the door. Grill. Yeah. And I said, look, look, look what I've done. I hit that one time and you were not impressed. You, you said, I don't know what it's going to take for you to get a grip on your temper. And that was the beginning because I said, you know what? Putting me in the garage was pushing me. I always made somebody else responsible. We had one child at that time. Then I had our second child. Not for me, one child 
was an accessory. You took it out, you dressed it up, it behaved well. It was all a trick to get you to have more children. When I had our second son, Austin, I remember thinking, I will never get my teeth brushed before noon again. And you would leave every single day with the only car we had, and you would come back home at five o'clock, you would look at me, I would be standing there with a spank spoon in my hands, a baby in my arms, another one on my legs, my nursing flaps down, and you would say, what have you done all day? And I would say, I don't know, but I have been busy. Back then, we had a listed phone number and people were calling us all of the time. And whenever the phone rang, is before portable phones, my son knew I was trapped in the kitchen. So he would get off his bed and he would run around and I needed Addison to take a nap so I could clean the house, so I could get some stuff done while, while Austin was napping so I wouldn't keep flunking that test. And you know what happened, John. One day I just snapped. And when my child came running down, I no longer saw a child. I saw an enemy. I saw this is the one keeping me from getting stuff done. And I went storming upstairs with Addison. And I thought to myself, what can I do so he will not get off his bed? And I remember hearing a voice say, lift him up over the bed, slam him into the wall and put him down. And I remember in that moment, John, mm-hmm. I thought that's what I should do. I lifted Addison up and I was just ready to slam him into the wall when I saw something I had never seen before. What did you say? Addison was not afraid of what I was going to do because he had no idea what I was going to do. He was afraid of me. And when I saw the fear in my son's eyes, it broke me. I grew up in a physical and emotionally abusive household. And every time I was hit, every time I was kicked, every time I was slapped, I made myself a promise and saw it went, I will never treat my children this way. But there I was, a born-again pastor's wife, getting ready to hurt my son and I broke. I put him down on his bed. I never slammed him in the wall. I I said, I'm so sorry. I scared you. I went downstairs, hit the carpet, and wept until I was empty. I said, God, it's not my husband. He's not here. It's not my parents. They're not here. It's not the Sicilian. It's not the witches. It's not demonic. It's me. I have a horrible problem with anger, and I don't know how to get free. And in the stillness, I heard the Holy Spirit say, because you're no longer justifying this. I'll take it out of your life. What you justify, you buy. You say, I've earned the right to be this way because of what's been done to me. And we have an entire generation, John, saying that kind of thing. In that moment, I sensed the Holy Spirit saying, call your mom. Call your mom and ask her to forgive you for you holding unforgiveness towards her for being physically abusive to her. And I called my mom. Her being physically abusive Her, her being to physically you. to me, to me yes. yes. So I called my mom and and I really sensed the Holy Spirit said, say the incident. Say the one thing you've stored in your heart. So I said, Mom, will you forgive me? And then I repeated the incident. My mom started crying and she said, Lisa, that's the one thing I've never been able to forgive myself for. And you know, there's a reason for that. And John, you, you do such a great job in the bait of Satan <clears throat> talking about this. But the one thing that I retained had been retained. And the power of John, you know, the book of John talks us in John 20, verse 23, that the sins we remit, they're remitted. And the sins that we retain, they're retained. And I had imprisoned my mom. I had been forgiven the unpayable debt, but I had 
not forgiven my mom. And I had taken her, thrown her in prison, and I had been turned over to the tormentors. Why I was constantly feeling on edge. Forgave my mom. She forgave me. We prayed together. And then when you came home, I told you what I almost did. See, I'm, I love that God creates community. See, I was forgiven when I confessed my sins to God. He, he, he knew it. I was healed when I confessed my sin to my mother. But I was restored when I made myself accountable to you, when I said, okay, let's begin to build. And that was the beginning of that force lifting, but I had to deal with the habit pattern. And so, you know, I didn't write this book the next week. I waited a while. Uh, you know, we had Austin. I'm thinking, when was Austin born? I think he was born in 89. And I wrote this book in 2000. And so I saw that God flipped this pattern in my life where it became not just that I could be angry, but I could be angry and sin not. And a lot of times people go from anger to rage and wrath, which is when we end up being destructive with our anger. You know, if you think about it, uh, it's a pretty serious issue because Jesus said, if you're angry, angry with your brother without cause, you're in danger of judgment. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he said, and if you get to the point where you call your brother a fool, he said, you're in danger of hellfire. Mm-hmm. So it is a very serious issue. And I, I want to ask you, do you think it has to do with wanting to control in other words, because I can't control other people's behavior, I can't control uh, the environment because of the way other people are behaving, uh, do you think that anger manifests? Unhealthy order, anger. Unhealthy yeah. anger manifests to to bring that control that you so desire. So I think for some people, definitely. But I actually feel like, John, for me, when God began to peel back the anger, what I found behind it was a spirit of fear that there was fear, that I was afraid. So yes, control, because I was afraid if I wasn't in control, I was going to get hurt. But even going deeper than that spirit of fear was a heart of unbelief, that I believed that God was good for everyone, but not for me. And I had to protect myself. And so you know- what feeds the anger, Lisa? <clears throat> what feeds it? Because right now I'm thinking about in relationship yeah, to yeah. our society. And again- Because Lisa, I'll put something so simple, yeah. so straightforward oh. on, on Instagram, or it's, you'll do the yeah, same. Yeah. And all of a sudden these people are just like r- enraged at what yeah. we've said. Yeah. What feeds it? Well, I think there's offended people. I think there's people that have deep-rooted offenses in their life, and you you are, you trigger something. You trigger. And again, anger is momentary displeasure. It is the ability to turn away so we can turn back. We separate the action from the person. God will even turn away in anger and then turn back. But rage is what we are seeing on social media. Rage where people name call and slander and attack one another. That's rage. And then wrath would be killing somebody, stealing from somebody. It's when you actually move into a punitive place where we're never supposed to touch wrath. It, that that kind of judgment is only for God. So I do think people are afraid. I do think people are easily offended. I do think people have a lot of triggers right now because they the love of their hearts is waxed cold. The Bible says. In the last days, people's hearts are going to fail them because of fear. Mm-hmm. So I think fear is a predominant force, and fear does push people to try to control things. I, I think feeding uh, feeding anger is when you allow anger to have its course. 
I, I know there were time periods in my life when I, I, I found that I was getting very angry too easily. And I found that any, anytime I got really angry, it made it easier to get really angry the next time. Yeah, it becomes a habit. So, so I believe you hit the root. I think it's fear. Um, I think it's offense. But I also believe that it can be fed and mm-hmm. strengthened. Um, By repetition. You know, because, because, you know, you have, you have people that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to a term that, we, that, that is familiar to people or sh- should be some. They have a term called dry alcoholic. And a dry alcoholic is someone who has actually stopped drinking the alcohol, but they're replacing it with other um, addictions. Mm. And so they um, have an addictive behavior still, pattern. They, uh, so they haven't dealt with the addictions. Mm-hmm. So or the pattern. So you know you got to go to the root. The root is there's a lot of offense. And isn't it interesting? The Holy Spirit. And I want to highlight this. Had you immediately call your mother mm-hmm. because he knew again what whoever sins you retain, they're retained. And so it's the offense situation. It is the fear. And I believe that fear gives way to wanting to control. Mm -hmm. And then I also believe anger is fed by... Unhealthy anger. You allowing yourself Mm -hmm. to go. Mm -hmm. So we don't want to create dry alcoholics in anger. We don't want to try to say, Yeah, because they'll suppress it, and then it'll come out in an unhealthy way. Right. Right. It'll come out in a very... It'll be passive aggressive. Mm -hmm. It'll be Mm -hmm. this. We want to get to the root, which is, I would ask that that you listening to us right now, because this is an epidemic, (laughs) that you would... Because when's when's society going to recognize the church being the church? Is when we are not behaving like the rest of the world, Mm -hmm. voicing our opinions, voicing our grievances, voicing our criticism, voicing our dishonor. So I would say to everyone listening, ask the Holy Spirit to say, show and shine a light on the area where you picked up an offense, either with your parents, Mm -hmm. siblings, Mm -hmm. with teacher, with a pastor, and forgive. And go to that person and say, hey, I am not coming to you because of what you did to me. I'm coming to you because I realize I owe you an apology because I've been critical of you for three years, 10 years, 20 years, and it's showing up in my behavior of my family. And I realize the root of it all goes back when I started holding unforgiveness. I'm the one wrong. Would you forgive me? You know, John, the person I had the hardest time forgiving was actually myself. I had a whole list of infractions built up towards myself. And because that put so much pressure on me, I had to, you know, I had to divert it. And, you know, I, I want to talk about that. Um, there's some people out there that we, we hit a nerve when we talked about hurting a child. We hit, we hit a nerve and maybe they didn't stop. Maybe something happened. And one of the things that was very hard for me was whenever my mother did have an unhealthy expression of rage and abuse, she would always say, I'm sorry, I hit you, but you made me so mad. And so actually an apology is a defense of something. I love how you just said, find out where that offense is Mm -hmm. and then go to that person and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry is a confession where we actually say, this was my part. And we aren't waiting for the other person to say, now say your part and say you're sorry. We, you know, we just say, I want to be free. And, you know, I'd love to actually just talk about a couple of what we're highlighting in this book, because I really feel like this is a tool, Broken Windows. You know that story. Be angry and sin not. So we do have permission to be angry. We do not have permission to be destructive with our anger. Sleeping with the enemy, going to bed mad means you wake up mad. 
ready, aim, fire. That's no, talking no, no, no. about going to bed mad <laughs> means you wake up angrier, not mad, okay. angrier, crazy, crazy. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> ready, aim, fire. Ready being anger is a heightened state of readiness. Aim is rage. It's when you put a gun on the table. Fire is when you actually shoot and hurt. Crimes of passion. When it hurts too bad, big relief. You're not the judge. Is God angry at women? Because it's really hard to be free from anger if you think you're the the actually the focus of an anger. Born angry, power of confession, stopping it before it gets out of hands. Truth or consequences, it will get physical. If you suppress it, it will go inward and become a problem for you. Let it go. And putting it to practice, maintain your passion without losing cool. 21 days to form a habit, 21 days to break a habit. All of those were just chapter headings from Be Angry But Don't Blow It. You know what, John, we're already getting testimonies. Um, this is from Tim. And he said, my wife and I are going through your book, Be Angry But Don't Blow It. Your book has helped me so much in forgiving those who have hurt me over the years. I am able to extend forgiveness to even the worst of offenses and get freedom like I've never had before. I think a lot of others will experience the same freedom if they would just apply these truths of God's word you so clearly pointed out. Thank you for choosing to allow God to use your stories to help others and experience this freedom Christ promised. I love that. You know, um, I've had a lot of men tell me that your book, Be Angry But Don't Blow It, has helped them a lot. So I'm very excited about this. And yeah. and so um, also, please uh, go to iTunes and review Conversations and send us your comments. We love hearing from you. It also helps us to adjust. We want to adjust in a way that you can hear what we're saying and we want to say it better. So we love hearing from you. And I just want to say thanks so much for tuning in. In the very next episode, we're going to be talking about something that both Lisa and I are passionate about, and that is honor. It's kind of like the next step. Once you're out of anger, you go to honor. Honor keeps you from slipping back into anger. You'll hear about all that in the next uh, podcast. So we just want to thank you for listening. Until next time, this has been Conversations with John and Lisa. We hope you enjoyed today's blast from the past. And for more content, make sure to check out our newest podcast, again titled At Home with the Beveers. This podcast features John and Lisa, and it's available on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. Also, check out our free app, Messenger X, for more discipleship content from John and Lisa and the entire Messenger team. John and Lisa will return soon with even more life-giving content. Until then, I'm Alec, and thank you so much for joining us on Conversations with John and Lisa.